Hey everybody, welcome to the 121st episode of the JDO Show. I'm your host, J. David Osborne, and today on the show I have Michael Kazepis on to talk all manner of things. This is one of the more fun conversations that I've had on the show. I'm losing my voice a little bit, so I'm going to try to get through this. <laughs> um, yeah, I am going out of town tomorrow. I have a job that actually sends me on business trips now. So I will be in Dallas for the next few days, uh, cooped up in a hotel room. And I thought to myself, well, I could maybe do it in the hotel room. I could maybe put the podcasts together in the hotel room. But then I figured, why not just do it now, I suppose. Uh, some quick matters of business. Number one, uh, Gabino Iglesias' Coyote Songs is out. Uh, it's gotten a lot of buzz. It's a big release. I'm really happy with how it's going. It's two to one print to ebook sales, which surprised me, to be honest. That's not normally how books uh, sell. Normally it's, I don't know, three or four to one ebook. So go check out Coyote Songs. You will like it. Uh, secondly, go check out my Patreon. Uh, that's where I'm going to be putting up all my writing. And uh, I put up bonus episodes of the podcast over there. That's patreon.com slash JDO. Now let's uh, get into this interview with Michael. He is the editor-in-chief of Kingshot Press that uh, put out this great book called The Yeezus Book recently. It's a big uh, compendium. I think it's four guys all writing about Kanye West's album Yeezus. Not sure how you feel about Kanye West, but there was a time when he was loved, <laughs> I guess, by me at least. And, uh, and Yeezus is one of his most kind of contentious and interesting albums. So I highly recommend you check that out. I highly recommend you go to kingshotpress.com and check out their books. They've been running some cool promos. Unfortunately, I'm not sure if the promos are still going to be running when I drop this, but promos are not. Go out there, support these indie people who are doing the damn thing. They're making the world just a little bit better with their books. So with that... <laughs> Further ado, oh, I can feel my voice going. Without further ado, here is the 121st episode of the JDO show featuring Michael Kazapis. <laughs> well, hey, Monsanto hybrid shit, dude. Michael Kazapis, welcome to the JDO show. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing quite well. How are you? I'm not bad. I I, I always when people are like. Enjoy, you know welcome or enjoy or anything it's always like when you go to the movie theater and you're like they're they're like uh enjoy your movie and you're like you too man yeah yeah i know or like enjoy yeah. your food and you're like you too and and you know that that dude's not gonna get to watch a movie or eat food yeah for the foreseeable future it's so weird yeah i know my 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 least favorite one is whenever i'm telling uh somebody who i don't know to have a good night i'll be like good night you have a good night and they'll be like yeah you too and i'll be like yeah you too <laughs> or like or like or like you're checking in for your flight and they, they like take your ticket and they're like cool and then you're like they're like have a nice flight and you're like you too man <laughs> <laughs> and they're like not even the flight crew they're just like the people that sit at the airport yeah exactly, exactly. Uh, i love that yeah that's, no, that's what I, that's what i live for those awkward moments i think it's all awkward moments right everything is just awkward moments strung yeah, together man. to make a life and then one day you're on your deathbed and you're like it was awkward <laughs> that's, that's actually going to be my epitaph <laughs> it was awkward you're going to have one it of those gravestones it's a big fucking iPhone have you seen those 
They have those. Oh Jesus, now. no, I haven't. Yeah, they're like people who are Instagram models. I think it, I think it was an Instagram model who died, and uh, her her oh, gravestone geez. was a was a giant iPhone with like a picture of her on Instagram <laughs> on it. Very very bizarre. I, I was I was thinking more like uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald's grave, where it's like, uh, and so we beat on boat. Uh, what was it like? Something against the current, you know, that whole bullshit like last line of uh, uh, Great Gatsby, right. yeah. and mine would just be like. It was awkward. I, li- I like that. I, li- I like that I would not have like some epic final line. It would just be like, nah. No, what you should do is you should take that great Gatsby quote and use it, you know, so beat back <laughs> against the tide and then have yeah. uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald and then underneath it, Michael Kazepis, like on uh, The Office, <laughs> you know, <laughs> where he does the you miss 100% of the shots you never take, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> is that? Did, <laughs> uh, oh shit! Have you have, have you watched I, I, the, the whole office? Yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah. I I marathoned it though, so there's like a lot that I forget, and then people like mention it, and I'm like, oh yeah. It's pretty much a classic show. I really feel like yeah. that actually changed entertainment as we know it, because I do think that The Office really just fucked up the whole sitcom game. But it also fucked up the drama game, too, because you found out that over the course of watching nine seasons of The Office, that you cared more about those characters than you did in shows where you're really supposed to care about characters, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it, but it also kind of screwed up the reality TV game, too, by showing that you could have scripted shows again mm-hmm. and yeah, then right. be popular and cheap. Well, then, well, I, I mean, reality deep, shows deep just went yeah. down the other way, though. I mean, reality shows just became yeah. more and more. I mean, they were always scripted, but they, they became so, yeah. very scripted. Oh, there's that Lacrocs, baby. Lacrocs. I, I thought feel you like were. That's what they, they uh, I thought you called Lacrocs. Didn't weren't you in Clash like Kristoff or whatever? Weren't you guys arguing over what was the better seltzer oh, they're water? Po- they're polar guys now. So I'm like, you know what? I gotta be the underdog again. It's like, it's like the whole like. You know, conservatism is the new punk rock. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I'm saying. Like, right, right. I'm just like, you know what? The counterculture polar is the establishment now, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go right back to the counterculture of Lacroix. I've always liked Lacroix, though. I mean, I like the fact that it doesn't taste like much. That's kind of what gets what it gets dinged for. But well, I like that you can't taste a whole bunch when you drink it. I like the the hint, the hint of the flavor. My argument against Lacroix actually is that it tastes too much. Polar is like if you had like a little like zest of like a lime in your drink or some shit mm-hmm. and what god it sounds so ridiculous now go with talk it. about let's talk about beer now um <laughs> in Lacroix, kind of like if somebody dumped an entire like bag of potpourri into your like soda water i don't it, know it's, it's i don't too, know about that i don't know that seems that seems a little hyperbolic how many, how, how many seltzers have you had um i've had Lacroix. i've had dasani i've had <laughs> Uh, I had this one in Austin that was, uh, I think it was like H-E-B brand. That okay. was pretty intense. That had a lot you, of orange in it. Do you guys have like a Freddy's or a Kroger there? No, we have, uh, I go to Walmart. Okay, get, get yourself like the generic brand seltzer with like in the basic flavor, like mm-hmm. a lemon or something like that, and then go and drink a peach LaCroix. And mm-hmm. you'll be like, what the fuck am I drinking? This is like, it's like you're drinking like, um, like grandma's perfume. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's really weird. It, it, I, I maybe my my sensitivity to flavors gotten 
you know, you know, cause I'm reduced, I don't drink sodas that much anymore. So mm-hmm. I'm probably like on this whole new level of, of, of beverage <laughs> consumption where I'm like, man, LaCroix is too strong. Right. 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 Yeah. I haven't had a soda in forever. It's just not something I even think about. Like if I'm drinking something, it's going to be some kind of flavored water, I guess. Yeah. Or I beer. had a root beer tonight. I'll be, I'll be, I'll confess. Yeah. Well, you were at well, Hanko's, right? Yeah. And I couldn't drink a beer. Mm-hmm. I actually, I didn't feel right not smoking. So I went down and they closed the mark. <laughs> hmm. So I'm, I'm back. Cool. That was, dude, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been thinking about, uh, this is going to be, I know everybody's thinking about Kanye, mm-hmm. but I've been thinking about him on like a different level. Yeah. I have two, Sorry. so I, you, so you go first, and then I'll tell you what I've been thinking. Okay, so I I think he's in this weird. Uh, I don't think that he's doing what he thinks he's doing, like in terms of his, his expansion. Right. Because I had this weird epiphany yesterday, right? Uh, and I don't know if I'm going to be eloquent enough in the way I explain this, um, because I you know I'm on like three root beers right now, so I'm like fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had this interaction. I do Amazon flex delivery sometimes. Okay. Uh, just, just to make a couple extra bucks here and there so I can have more time to do like King shot stuff on my time. Uh, um, so I, I, I pulled over to this neighborhood and I put my blinkers on, go and drop a package off. And this guy comes out of his house, like not the house I was delivering to, but a different, uh, neighbor or whatever comes out and is like, Hey man, you get your blinkers on. And my first instinct was to be like, fuck you, man. Obviously, I have my blinkers on. Mm-hmm, right. You know, cause, cause, and, and then like a second later, I processed it. And I was like, wait a minute. This guy's trying to be helpful. Why am I like antagonistic? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so so I like I changed my kind of way of thinking about that. It took about there was like a five second delay from my instinct of territorial kind of like shit mm-hmm. to my like rational. Wait a minute. That's not what this is. And, and, you know, I waved, thank you, and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, I let, the, it, it, I let the, the kind of anger reside there, and I realized that something happened there. Sorry, I'm going to be burping. No uh, something happened there in that exchange that I thought was really weird, and I never really considered it before that moment. I think Kanye, like seeing him doing his weird shit that he's doing now, and also Jim Carrey doing his weird shit that he's doing, been doing mm-hmm, for a while. Mm-hmm. And there, I think there's a correlation there anyway. Uh, um, so anyways, uh, I was like, wait, why did I feel like that? And I realized this guy, so, so my thing is I felt like I was being slighted. Like I'm the dumbass that left their blinkers mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I got like territorial, like, wait, what the fuck did you just do? Like, what'd you say? You know, like, why would you, why would you? slight what I'm doing. I'm, I'm on the job right now. I know what I'm doing. Right. And that, and that's my perspective there. And then, uh, wow. This sounds like I'm on a sway interview with <laughs> you ain't got the answers, Jay. You ain't got the answers. But, I um, do. but I do. Yes. Uh, and then I'm, I'm looking at, I'm like, wait, let me check his perspective and yeah, his perspective. Right. Everybody parks in his neighborhood. Why would I leave my blinkers on? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not a threat to him. I'm just like, a dude, he's he's just like trying to be helpful because everybody else in his in his safe area does that. 
So he was just trying to make me comfortable because I wasn't a threat. But to me, like he intruded on my uh, uh, perception of how, how, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like my bubble of like what, uh, God, I sound so fucking new agey. This is so, this is hilarious. Uh, uh, but he like, you know what I'm saying? Like he intruded on my like perceived idea of control of this little bubble of what I'm doing, my job, you know? Sure. And, and I had this thing and I was like, why is that? And then I, and then I was like, wait, on a macro level, may, is that the same kind of instinct that makes nationalism such an easy sell? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like is, is that territorial shit? Why people are like, yeah, lock them up, build a wall. Right. Right. Internment camps. So you're saying uh, that like the, the poor... you're, you're kind of reactionary uh, feeling like somebody was talking yeah. down to you is is what you're saying is like you feel like that might be kind of what people who are on the right feel in general. Yes. OK. And I think our base form is very conservative, if that makes sense. Like you're because yeah. that's your instinct level. Yeah. The, the like nationalism is is just the macro version it's like the community version of instinctual territory shit you know like it's the the tribe like mm-hmm. you're you're infringing on my neighborhood you know right. and, and I, I, it got me thinking well if that's if identity and and in land and all this uh, these ideas possessions your work etc is is a conservative viewpoint what then is progress yeah Right. And I started thinking about like Jim Carrey and I'm like, Jim Carrey's onto something with his whole, like, yo, the self isn't even real. Yeah. No, no, no. Talking about how he took him. Have you heard the the interview where he talks about um, how, when he did man on the moon and he, he basically dissolved into this character. Yeah. yeah, Like he wasn't, he He wasn't even Jim Carrey. He was communing with a Kaufman or some, some kind of mystical shit. Yeah. 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 And, And I was like, well, that maybe that the dissolution of, self and territory or the or whatever is is progressiveness and it made me start re- rethinking about what it means to be progressive and conservative so somebody who is like uh like uh like you know colonial kind of attitude where it's like the u.s is white culture is dominant that's a very conservative viewpoint but another conservative viewpoint is the people who are like i'm going to decolonize to what my original mm-hmm. thing should be because mm-hmm. it's 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 not a left right yeah. dynamic there that's a power dynamic of, right. of who is more in control rather than what's progressive and what's conservative right does that make sense no it, it really and does I, yeah and i think kanye's onto something but he's charging backwards into it if that makes sense i think he's like i'm dissolving kanye and becoming yay but then he's giving in to all the territorial shit so he's like trying to do two things at once Mm-hmm. Which is erase the self, but also give in to the needs of male presence and this hat and this symbol makes me this and this money makes me this and this possession makes me this and my house is this and it keeps expanding. You know, he, did you see that thing where he talked about how his house is like always in uh, progress mm-hmm. and it's just costing more and more and it's just his, he's just imperial as fuck in his attitude and it's like. The reason he's so conflicted, I think, is because you can't do both of those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think well, you either have to be like full Jim Carrey where you're like, eh. mm-hmm. or you have to be like full on like John Milius. Well, I think that uh, Kanye in particular has always held that tension, right? And so I'm yeah. whenever I see him doing what he's doing, 
I'm continuously amazed that anybody is surprised. I'm like, this has kind of always yeah. been Kanye, but I do like so the point I was making makes sense though. Like, no, that, it does. And it, I, I, okay. Yeah, no, I'm definitely getting to that where, okay. okay so I, I, I get what you mean where, um, he's kind of trying to balance these sort of two things. And I like what you said mm-hmm. about conservatism specifically as being this kind of, well, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's in the name, right? It's like, you don't want to, yeah. you don't want to change. You want to either not change or go back to the way things mm-hmm. were and conservatism or uh, rather progressivism requires a kind of dissolution of self that yes. uh, is not really necessarily compatible with conservatism. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think why I like that so much is because I have a feeling that most of the people who we label as conservatives or liberals right mm-hmm. now are actually conservatives. Yes, they're way. all, I think, most, yeah. And it's because at the end of the day, no matter what you choose to label yourself and how you feel about the economy or foreign affairs or gay rights or whatever the current mm-hmm. issue is that's that's up there, a lot of people want things to return to a way that they were rather than yeah. evolve into a way that they need to be, which I think is really important, especially with the Kanye thing, because I was talking to, who was it? I can't remember now, but I was talking to somebody about the Kanye thing, and I was I was thinking about the Kanye thing in terms of The Wire, right? And mm-hmm. when you watch The Wire, everybody who, everybody on that show is a tragic character, because even when you get what you want, you don't get it the way that you wanted it. Right. Mm-hmm. So you end up with this kind of perverted yep. um, devil version of the thing that you wanted at first. And I think that when you look at yeah. Kanye West sitting in the Oval Office talking to Donald Trump, whether or not it's going to have a effect or not. But he's he's talking to a law and order president about prison reform, amending the 13th yeah. Amendment. I mean, a lot of stuff that's actually dude, important. Dude, he's Marlo Stanfield. He's he's in the exactly he's, he's in the party and he doesn't like it. Right. it there's something that doesn't click. Yeah, He's exactly. never going to be right. one of those boys. Right, exactly. But like, but I yeah. think, okay, so let's say hypothetically that it went through. Okay, we live in a utopia now where uh, the prison system has been reformed. The 13th Amendment has been uh, amended even further to abolish the idea of, you know, pr- prisoners being able to be slaves. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, and what got us there was a rap billionaire married to Kim Kardashian going to President Donald Trump and talking to him about changing Air Force One into a UFO. It's not poetic. It's not pretty. But that's the way reality works. It never works out the way that you want it to, right? So I I choose to look at this thing um, for what it is, which, number one, is a farce and is a um, photo op and mm-hmm. some kind of cash grab. I don't know where the cash would come from, but it's got to be a cash grab of some kind. But oh, at the end of the day... Publicity is good, you know? Right, yeah, publicity yeah. is good. But I also think that it's something that uh, I think that... I think when you look at just the bare facts of what are being said outside of all the crazy shit, like, you can't deny that, like, it's kind of good shit. But you know that, like, I'm a Kanye fan from way back and and i've I've spent most of my adult life defending kanye west so i feel like it's almost like an automatic reaction now 
but <laughs> you're, you're talking to somebody who published a fucking Kanye book mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the year that he decided to break bad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, he broke bad, right? But no, I do. Uh, I I, I kind of do want to go back to like this idea that you had because I like it a lot. Just about like what conservatism and progressivism yeah. even means. So going from what you're talking about, what to what would look what would progressivism look like to you? Well, and and this is something. What's interesting about what Jim Carrey's saying? So I. I was like, I was bored during one of my shifts and I was listening to, um, this is, this is probably going to be your wheelhouse. I'm, I'm kind of like pulling my, uh, my shit into here. Uh, uh, um, what is a wheelhouse? Is that like a garage? Uh, actually, yeah, probably. <laughs> wheelhouse <laughs> is probably a garage. I have never thought about that, but yeah, it's exactly. probably a garage. Um, I, it took me getting out of myself. To realize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, so we, when you're thinking about like, uh, so, so Jim Carrey, his whole, like, I can take myself and replace it with another self and it doesn't really matter. I don't exist. It's, I'm just an avatar for these ideas mm-hmm. that I was listening. What what's weird is right before I had this connection on the street where I, uh, realized what does conservative mean to me, you know, in that, in that sense, which is kind of a weird thing to do from an everyday inter- interaction. That's so mundane like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, cause I get road rage like every day. So that was just like another incident. I know I've been in the passenger seat before you, you, <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. get upset. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I, well, I'm, I'm Greek as fuck. So it's not like I hold the road rage in. I just like, uh-huh. I just throw moon says and like cuss at people and then I sure. move on with my life. Sure. Sure. Uh, uh, so, okay. So I was listening to, I was looking at podcasts and I was like, I was ta- I forget who I was having a conversation with, but we were talking about like what the like chaos magic is or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And you see where I'm getting at already, don't you? Yep. And so I was like, I just got into iTunes and I like just did my little search and I was like, chaos magic. And the uh, this podcast, last podcast on the left, popped up. Okay. Yeah. Have you heard them? I actually have not. I know Jeff is a big fan of theirs. They do uh, yeah. like horror, uh, like serial killer stuff, right? Yeah, it's kind of like there, there's moments where it's kind of like the Chapo of of occult weird shit okay cool so so it's like yeah yeah, it's kind of like a bunch of like broing around of her shit mm-hmm. but and that's fine like i don't it's whatever uh but they had a chaos magic two-parter and most of the stuff i'm like meh ritual 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 but then they started talking about the displacing self and and basically like they used the example of batman mm-hmm and saying that you can take an imaginary character or a created character that's in the popular con- that you have a very good understanding of that has traits that you admire and you can do some kind of, you know, whatever ritual to inhabit the- or to have this person inhabit you mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. Almost like summoning a god into you, but it's just like whatever you want it to be rather than an actual god. Right. And, and it's more you summon traits and it got and I was thinking about that Jim Carrey thing and I'm like so if what they're saying on this end is and, and I don't like I'm not one of those people that's like uh, you know me I'm dude I'm like so atheist it's not even funny mm-hmm. uh, uh, minus the preaching shit because that's weird too uh, uh, but it, it made me think about what you can do with your mind you know it, it, the idea that you could literally in, have you could cause yourself, you could create Batman and have him possess you uh-huh. to the extent that he is you. Right. And that, and that being something that Jim Carrey has tapped into uh, um, unintentionally, yeah. perhaps, you know, at the time. Yeah. And, and 
Yeah, and, and that being that being kind of the same thing, whether you're doing it consciously or unconsciously. And that was an interesting connection to make for me because it was like it all happened on the same day. I was like, just uh-huh. those are synapses firing, obviously. <laughs> right. uh, don't, don't be don't be scared, listeners. Those weren't gunshots. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I just I just want to go back and clarify a little bit about uh, Jim Carrey's point. So Jim Carrey is saying that he is not one thing. He is just there inhabiting that body, and at any time mm-hmm. he could be something else. Right. I, I mean, that's the gist I got from that interview. Okay. That, or that I think he said it a few times. He even talked about it in Seinfeld or some shit. I think uh-huh. a little bit, like the the comedians in cars doing bullshit. The oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the one where you're like out of t- out of touch comedians right. complaining about everything. <laughs> Why are these ladies all so mad? Why can't we call them broads anymore? What's the deal? What what happened? Yeah, that kind of shit. Um, uh, but yeah, um, yeah. so. <laughs> Okay, so that's all cool. Like, so, 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 how does that tie into progressivism? Mm. The the idea that you can you can so willingly inhabit other like forms like that, oh, and you're not locked gotcha. into your territory. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's gotcha. the, I guess yeah. that's the full circle, the cyclical, or not cyclical, but the full circle aspect of it is that your established identity that you hold on to for dear life, which you see people who are on the you know, left and right political spectrum both inhabit these things. Yeah. Like, like to the point where they're willing to cause a, they'd, they'd be willing to go to war with each other mm-hmm. over it. And then you have like the other end of uh, what I consider like the progressive side where people are just like Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Know? I'd like that a lot. I like that a lot because it, it kind of makes me think of uh, Twitter, unfortunately, and how people tend to <laughs> present their opinions on Twitter and yeah. uh, and the, not just the way that they present their opinions, but and this is on the right and the left, but the way they mm-hmm. go after dissenters, anybody who has not even a conflicting thought, but a nuanced oh, yeah. thought that doesn't completely toe the party line, like the the viciousness that they go after people. You saw that thing I put up on Facebook today. I, I put it up as a Rorschach test, but not very many people bit. Uh, just oh, the see, like, one that I laughed at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, the one, yeah. yeah, the one with like this guy, like, why isn't there a great American novel or whatever, some dorky shit? And people, like, the responses to him are like, "Fuck you, pig!" You know, like, the poetry go, shit was hilarious. Go read though. poetry, you dumb asshole. You know that kind of shit. And it's like, I think oh. that the way that people hold on to those things, the reason why I find it so kind of gross, especially from a liberal side, is that it purports to be this sort of. Um, ethos of caring where you mm-hmm. are concerned for other people you want other people to have uh the same opportunities that you've had you're pro- progressive in scare quotes right yeah, yeah but those ideas are really these weird narcissistic things that you hold on to mm-hmm. and that the people who you purport to be speaking for which is gross in and of its, itself if you're a white person uh, the people who you purport to be speaking for might not even hold those same ideas about themselves that you're holding for them, you know? Uh, and so those very ideas that they defend so so vehemently are there because they make up part of that person's identity and how they feel about themselves. And it has very little to do with the actual day-to-days of the people who they purport to help, Right. 
So in a sense, it's uh, it's not it's not very progressive at all. Yeah, it, it's 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 territory that's been intruded on. You you stake this, you know, you put your like your state uh, the little flags or whatever for property on these ideas, mm-hmm. and the moment people intrude on them, you're like whoa whoa whoa, and you get the shotgun and you're ready to like brawl. Right. And or, so the answer, though, the answer you know, obviously then isn't to become a conservative. That's the exact opposite of what you should do. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like the performative progressive, the performative social media progressive is like the halfway point between mm-hmm. the ridiculous, awful, toxic conservative and what you actually should be. Sure. Because I feel like it's like the next step is maybe not shutting up i wouldn't say that people have to shut up but you have to like now supplement that with actions and it sure and really if conservatism is all about the solidification and the kind of uh uh, promotion of the self then progressivism is actually the dissolution of the self and that requires Mm -hmm. some kind of sacrifice whether that's going to jail um, spending your time doing something you'd rather not be doing for the benefit of others it's this selflessness right you have to start dissolving that self in order to really become progressive and uh by the end of it we'll all become some kind of gooey hive mind where you know everybody's like having sex with each other in a vat of golden it's it's terrifying isn't it yeah (laughs) i'm gonna take a quick uh so basically it turns into a cody goodfellow novel (laughs) oh dude it was so funny uh when i came in i sat down and i kind of groaned when i sat down i was like ah and i was gonna like talk about that for a second and then you came in and sat down and you went ah i'm like dudes in their 30s man we're getting there we're like sitting down it's it's just what's what's funny is that i didn't actually leave oh so i was just like i was sighing almost because i couldn't find my lighter (laughs) (laughs) this is this is what happens when you like quit smoking and then you buy a pack and Mm. you're this is a good thing though, because mm-hmm. now I have to like, if I want to smoke, I have to earn it. I have to go out and like find two like stones and, and hit them together and start uh-huh. like a small fire. Right, right. So, right. Yeah, but yeah. I did. I I think we can just actually delve right into it because you had you had mentioned uh, the chaos magic stuff, and I yeah. feel like it's time to have the the grand atheist <laughs> versus weirdo debate uh, of 2018. Right. Oh, uh, jeez, I'm so not prepared for this. It's great. <laughs> All right, all right. I'll, I'll, <laughs> well, can I, can I can I can I take a moment to like explain my atheism? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, and we've had this conversation, but I think people have a misconception about. I don't even call it atheism as much anymore. I just kind of refer to it as irreligion. Okay. Um, because I feel that like for I was raised Orthodox, like super Orthodox, to the point where I remember one time I got heat exhaustion in church and. and we were in the village and in, 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 uh, just outside Athens and all the church, like the entire, you know, when you got heat exhaustion, the best thing you can do is all crowd around and make it even hotter. Mm, right. Uh, um, but they were like, oh, he's possessed. Mm, mm-hmm. And I remember, like, I don't think they literally were like, let's do it. Let's do it. But they were like, oh, the devil made him pass out. Like somebody, I remember somebody actually saying that out loud and it being a serious thing a human being said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and... For me, so for me, uh, getting to a point of irreligion is literally like what we're talking about, progressivism, mm-hmm. where it was a freeing from the idea of even thinking about beliefs, whether it's a lack of them or 
a, a you know very devout belief in whatever your creator or creation uh, idea is mm-hmm. and and so for me it's like i hate the, it's a weird like when you had the, the conservative atheists who are like trying to take the idea of no god and then conform it to the way that like you know their christian or whatever upbringing had them telling people about that faith mm-hmm. And and that's I think that's where like you I've seen you kind of get antagonistic towards that kind that that strain, mm-hmm. and and I think that the difference that so my explanation I guess is the difference between like a, a more conservative territorial atheism and a uh, I'm just free of all of it man atheism. <laughs> <laughs> does okay. that make sense though? Like, no, it does. It does. I mean, what you're essentially saying is that you know you believe what you believe, and yeah. but you don't really give a shit if other people believe it it's i mean I, I, look i would like if everybody was on the same wavelength as me but like yeah. i don't get pissed right. unless they start like legislating or something you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. then it's kind of one of those you're not going to force me to like start going backward mm-hmm. right right uh for me you know and, and and that so yeah i'm pretty like whatever man like well, has anything ever uh, supernatural or <clears throat> anything like that ever happened to you? Something that you can't explain? I mean, I work in a haunted skyscraper. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the 34th floor. Right. Now, um, I, I honestly, I think, yeah, I, we've all experienced a phenomenon that we can't explain. I just don't think that because we can't explain it that it's supernatural. Hmm. I just think that we just don't get it yet. It's the same way that it takes me. I'm a slow fucking learner. So mm-hmm. my epiphany is like years of steady buildup of clues. And then one day, some, you know, I'm like, fuck you to some dude that's telling me something helpful. And I have like this huge breakthrough of how I perceive stuff. Right. And, and, and so, you know, I, I, I don't I look at uh, uh, so quote unquote supernatural occurrences as being like just just something that I haven't figured out yet or my you know like i remember uh, i probably shouldn't tell you this i don't know if any of our coworkers listen to your podcast or for your former coworkers, anyways uh Are you but, talking about uh, bitch ass eli what Who? yeah uh <laughs> at one point uh, i remember um i i went on a smoke break and i came back feeling kind of weird and uh and, and i remember like i was seeing shit in the cameras mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like I would look down and I'd be like, "Wait, was that a was that like a little shadow in the basement right there by the elevator door?" Yeah. You know, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you oh, do sure. that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 my my, un, you know my my old mind, mm-hmm. I, I would say before before the the uh, what do you call that? Um, uh, before before the liberation, I guess from. Uh, thinking in, in terms of superstition and sit and such, mm-hmm. uh, um, I would have been like, Oh shit, there's like ghosts up in here. Mm-hmm. This is spooky. And, and my, my other side is like, Oh, there's like a carpet up there. And I just looked up real quick and I was kind of high. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that it didn't happen or that I didn't perceive it or whatever. It just means that my reaction to the, to the phenomenon is with a different set of facts. Sure. Which is kind of, I, I, that's a really weird way to put that because I don't want to get into alternative. <laughs> alternative facts? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to like explain <laughs> it like that. I just mean like, it's kind of like when you get new information that builds upon stuff that you used to think or, or supersedes it, I guess. Right. That's what it, it's like that rather than just making shit up. Mm-hmm. Um, um, mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I used to like think I, I, I used to, do, you know this, I, I had um, uh, sleep paralysis shit, like hypnagogia or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'd wake up and like, it'd just be hallucinating shit because I'd be waking up in the middle of a nightmare. Yeah. And, and I used to be terrified. I used to think like I was haunted, man. Uh-huh. And uh, it just took like another decade of, uh, kind of de-conditioning uh, myself mm-hmm. to realize, and, and you know what's funny? When I started doing that, my my sleep paralysis and stress went down. Hmm, interesting. So when I became more at ease with the universe around me and the idea that if I die, there's nothing else, and if if like it just go, you know, it just goes like really nice and quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea that these things are more in my head. That doesn't mean it's not real, but it does. It it, it means to me that I create these things and make them real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and so because this doesn't like it doesn't. This is hard for me to articulate. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it, once I just like let go of all of that superstitious kind of approach mm-hmm. like the caveman kind of like oh what is this you know mm-hmm. uh, um i i had i i don't have sleep paralysis nightmares anymore mm-hmm. and i haven't since this really took hold like about four or five years ago well it's what they say about voodoo right it's like voodoo doesn't work unless you believe in it mm-hmm yeah so so you can create i i i, I totally believe in the idea of of like malleable reality mm-hmm. in terms of, but I don't think that's like the base state, you know, like I don't like, it, it, oh man, we're getting into like some, some weird shit. So <clears throat> I don't think I've ever talked to you about this because it's a relatively new thought for me, but I remember uh, I talked to uh, my friend Francisco, who is a, uh, he's like a writer translator in Barcelona. Okay. And I was telling him about my idea of what reality really is. And why, like, certain artists uh, seem more true yeah. than others. <clears throat> like, why does David Lynch seem true, even yeah, when he's yeah, just yeah. being surreal? Right. Right, right, and right. I, was te- I was telling him, I think that, the, you know, like, the, the, the natural state of everything is dark. Like, blue sky is just reflection from the water. It's black. But okay, uh, so your, your oh. ideas about reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think that the... the the way that not so much like the spook, like the scary kind of horror elements of his uh, directing, but the like kind of the tone of it yeah, is I think how the universe is. Cause it's not a kind place, mm-hmm. you know, like if you take out like all these walls and windows, we're at the mercy of coyotes and wolves and shit, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and his movies feel very much like that. Like no one is safe. Right. And 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 so when I think about uh, the way that we've built buildings, whether it's like a blue daytime light, lamps, all that shit is just we've created an entirely different reality outside of what reality actually is, hmm. or I guess within what reality actually is, because reality is like this dark, horrible, like dangerous place, and we've created safety within it like this little room even though we inhabit the same exact 
mass, like uh, I guess mass or, or area or whatever as these awful elements. We don't live with them, if that makes sense. And it's really weird that we've we've kind of been able to do that. And mm-hmm. so when I'm thinking about like magic, we've already we're, we're living magic. Money is magic, and mm-hmm. so is daylight and and mm-hmm. the the idea of safety in society that's magic mm-hmm. we've created a new thing out of nothing mm-hmm. it's just a concept right Impo- we've imposed our will on yeah. reality as we know it to create the kind of places that we stay yeah i actually just as a kind of a side note not really following the reality thought but i do like the idea that what makes David Lynch's work uh, so effective is that he's essentially superimposing a kind of uh, brutal, dark, evil reality on top of like the banal. Like it's what David Foster mm-hmm. Wallace said, right, about uh, David Lynch's work is that he finds the terrifying and the banal, and yeah. uh, the idea that like oh yeah, there's like suburbs and you know people drinking coffee and you know chit-chatting with a waitress but like underneath all of that there's like this deep pulsating desire to just like fuck maim and kill you know what yes. i mean <laughs> yeah which which is the natural order of things right right and so, and that's yeah it's it's such a i this is stuff that like is relatively new so i'm still proud i'm not going to claim to be like a Man, I've been, you know, in this in this study for for decades, and I'm just the ex- it's like no, it's like these are realizations I'm having a little oddly late into my youth, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> that that <clears throat> that I'm just like, wait, what if we're not real? And then I'm like, wait, what if none of this is real? But I, but it, but it's still in an atheistic kind of way because I'm not sure. like, oh, it's all, you know, I, I don't like read the secret and think I'm gonna like create, create wealth by becoming more of a like weird. Astro- astrology person or whatever you know or uh-huh, some shit uh-huh, right it, it, it's just like there's something to it and i don't i don't like the idea of ritualizing it but there's something to be to be there's some there's some merit in the idea that we can create stuff I, or that, that, that's malleable in, i'm interested in atheism as the as the aversion to ritual because <clears throat> actually that that encapsulates a lot right because yeah. a lot of the beliefs that you're putting forth towards me right now strike me as uh, not atheistic, actually. Um, but there is still that aversion Wait, you, to the organization of You, you don't of think that the idea that we've created, uh, like, safe zones mm-hmm. is compatible with, like, just believing that it, it is what it is? Like, you can have... If the core of the universe is... But I mean, we okay, fuck, man, you got me running around circles here. Uh, so I just said core of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about this. Hold on. Think about this. Okay. Right. So um, if we're talking about religion or like spirituality <clears throat> or however you want okay. to put it, right? Um, that, that predates civilization, right? Um, sure. They, <clears throat> and they being uh, some archaeologists right uh, <laughs> have uh you know dug up in turkey this uh site of ruins called gobekli tepe right mm-hmm. and gobekli tepe is about 18 to twenty thousand years old and uh agriculture wasn't invented until two, uh, twelve thousand years ago society was followed um 
several thousand years thereafter. I think Sumer was probably the first about 6,000 BC. So that would make okay. it 8,000 years ago. So so double the time that we understand civilization to have existed with cities and economics and agriculture and sure. wars and armies and things like that. Spirituality way predates that. And um, the same they, right, um, have have interpreted like the Lascaux painting, paintings in, in Paris as, a, not Paris, in France. I'm stumbling all over my oh, words. Oh, the, the cave paintings or whatever? Yeah, yeah, as being uh, spiritual in nature, right? So I think that um, the fact that spirituality predates the civilization that acts as a buffering force against this uh, brutal nature might might make your your thesis a little tricky. No, I think that the the civilization builds on the spirituality. Like mm-hmm. I I don't think that the civilization would exist without the belief. Uh-huh. It's it's layer it's layer it's layering on top of the natural shit. I think. Mm, I think. Do you know what I mean? Like like because well, do you think about us coming uh, as people as I guess uh, uh, creatures, right? Like we're we're we be, we go from grunting and crawling on the ground and acting mm-hmm. like you know cats and dogs and shit sure. where we don't really have conversations we just kind of bark at stuff mm-hmm. to, to having like thoughts and we're like wait how did we get here like that then you start introducing all these like explanations because you don't have a science to it or you don't have a really a um, a foundation you don't have a like a you, you're starting from a very 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 primitive foundation and i think that we're still operating on that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of os if that makes sense yeah like we're we're still on that like weird ass dos system it's like all uh, uh kind of outdated okay and, and we put windows on top of it right when that system i mean I feel like the reality that exists for you and me is not the same reality that exists for animals out in the wild. Oh, 100%. I agree. Yeah. And that's what I mean. I think that the, the, I don't think like cats have prayer. I think they're just like, oh, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. There's, this is safe here. Cool. I'll stay here. Mm-hmm. And that's where I perceive my views to be more at. And I, I don't know how to. What do you uh, think? Uh, what do you think a cat <laughs> is doing when it's dreaming? probably very basic shit if, it, if it's if it's getting like visual stimulus it's probably just dreaming about like what it did that day but what do you think the purpose of a cat dreaming is um to my understanding isn't isn't dreaming like what happens when your when your uh, brain's kind of using the windshield wipers on your uh, uh thought process or whatever so that when you wake up the next morning you're clean rather that's than a, having a bunch a, of like it's a theory shit. It's a theory. Okay. It's not. It's not. Okay. Proven, but I, but I mean, that, that yeah. makes that makes sense to me mm-hmm. because it's very simple. <laughs> sure. You know, and, and yeah, I think, but I guess I, I guess I'm kind of pushing back against your. Uh, I do think that animals fundamentally see the world differently than we do. However, I don't think that they necessarily see it differently in the way that you mean. And I think that dreaming has a lot to do with that because I do think that animals have an interiority. Um, for lack of a better term, I don't like this term, but a mm-hmm. soul, if you will. Um, sure. I think that they have that. And so while I think that their, you know, qualitative experience of the universe is 
almost without a doubt different from ours. I don't know if their um, subjectivity and interiority of living is different from ours. I don't, well, I don't know. Well, without is. without a uh, structure to their language and an education system. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, in, in dog philosophers sure yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't think that they they uh i'm just thinking inter- of kalua they, right i don't now, think like kalua <laughs> coming up to me and, and being like father why why Dude. does why does the box of chicken exist upon the table when it could could you imagine exist upon that, the floor <laughs> like right now an archaeologist in like north africa or something like that they go deep and they fucking unearth this like Kalua shaped statue where it's like it's like the Greek like thinking pose, but it's a dog. Yeah. You know. And then and then the archaeologist turns around and Kalua is just standing there on a hilltop looking down on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, no, I, I don't think that I don't think that that because they don't have all this conditioning to like everything we do is essentially according to an operating system like language mm. that we ha- like the way you think in english and, I, and uh, uh the way i think in greek and the way i think in english are two different things yep um i'm at, i'm a lot more woke in english and i find myself saying surprising things in greek yeah uh, uh because of the level of uh that i've uh built on that and, and I think that the way that we 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 uh, interpret our dreams and interpret the data that informs those dreams is entirely relative mm-hmm. to where we are and what educational and you know developmental like I guess uh, access we have to to, to kind of bu- you know build our our, our brains into uh, what they're you know the computing um, that the society kind of demands. From them do you know what... whereas i think animals ju- are just existing so i think that they if they dream this is just a theory obviously i can't go inside an animal brain but i i would imagine that they just see the images of what they've experienced which can be trauma so i believe they can have nightmares but i don't think it's like freddy krueger okay um you know sure 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 yeah no of course um so do you know the way that human beings thought that the human brain worked back in the middle ages. No, feel free to, uh, they thought it was a clock. Science me. They thought it was a clock. What? They thought it was, clock- <laughs> they thought it was clockwork. Right. So they thought that, uh, because clocks to them were the pinnacle of technology. It was very close to magic at that point. It's like, well, you have this thing, that can run on these gears and you wind it up and it tells the time. Now, do you want to know how people thought the brain worked during the industrial revolution? Mm-mm. Go they, ahead. They thought it worked like a machine. They thought it worked like an industrial, like a, like a printing press or, you know, or a big tractor or whatever. And so how do we think the brain works now? It's a computer. It's an operating system. Sure. It's it's so we're always using our latest technology to explain something, and I think that I th- I don't necessarily I don't think that it's completely wrong, but I, I th- no, I but think it would be more like a computer that programmed itself, which is a really weird thing to consider. Hmm. 
Do you know what I mean? Like it's not because yeah. a computer requires somebody else to have programmed it. And I don't think that we operate. I think that it's the closest comparison we have so far, mm -hmm. but we're not at a point where like it's writing its own script based on other computers telling it, but also its own absorption of data, right. you know? Right. And, and yeah, so, so I, I get what you're saying that, it, that it, the, the concept of the brain evolves and stuff like that. It's just, when I'm talking about operating system, I'm, I'm, I'm very much talking about like the structure and personality of language as well, because mm -hmm. that's a huge part. That's something that computers don't really have. Mm -hmm. uh, the because the, whether you're giving com codes in English or in you know Japanese, the com the functions on the computer are the exact same. Mm -hmm. They're like direct translative functions or whatever it's not like the computer's got a different personality because it speaks japanese mm -hmm. uh, uh than it does if it speaks english well, you're, you're, whereas you're, you're, with you're people on a really interesting and important thing actually which is that you know the, the human brain is definitely not like a computer right because it doesn't store information like a computer does right it doesn't keep data yeah. the way that a computer does what it does is uh neurons become sort of like well-trodden paths and the yep. more often you travel along those paths, the more well-worn well they get and um, the more they kind of like form into this sort of pathway that these thoughts can, can kind of come through. So yep. that's where, you know, the person who speaks Greek versus the person who speaks English, yep. why they would have comp a completely different makeup yep. because the brain is taking completely different paths when it's speaking yep. Greek versus speaking yep. English, right? Um, but at the end like of the day, that. it's like it's kind of like nobody... Nobody really knows what the fuck's going on with the brain. Agreed. We still don't. We still don't. Um, which I tend to think that uh, I just, I don't dismiss out of hand uh, what might be considered paranormal things. Um, I think that probably most of them are not true. But sure. I'm also of the mind that only one of them has to be true once to put everything else into suspicion, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 no, for sure. If, like, Jesus shows up and is like, yo, dude, check that, check out these water sports, I'd be like, oh! Yeah, every, and then and then he never showed up again. Yeah. But you'd be like, no, but that one time Jesus did show up in the sky and piss on everybody. He was there, dude, and that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, so I, I just, my, my belief is that reality is very, very simple, but it is malleable, and the, the layers we've built on top of it are what's complex. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense with what I'm saying. I feel like that's related to the, the idea of the self it, it being, you know, like you can swap it out. Yeah. You know, I, I right. think that that's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. The, you know, the, the empty vessel that we are kind of that you can inhabit with ideas. And I don't think, don't get me wrong. I don't look at it the way that like Rust Cole and True Detective does the Legati shit where he's like, mm -hmm. oh, we're such right, a stain right. on reality and we should die. Sure. It's like, no, dude, I think it's fucking dope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think we're, I think we're a fucking kick-ass stain on humanity, dude. Like, fucking... I think it's awesome. Yeah. I, like, I, I, and that might be the like Camus, Myth of Sisyphus shit, but I think you can live a godless life that is totally mm -hmm. fulfilling and meaningful. Sure. But, you know, and, and yeah, and, and I feel like that's what I'm doing anyway. We'll see. That's uh, good. Uh, that's good. Be, yeah. 
I, uh, yeah, no, for, <laughs> it's such a spacey conversation. <laughs> no, I think it's one of the coolest ones I've had on this podcast, actually, because I, I, I try to get people to engage me with shit like this all the time. And I'll be like, what do you guys think about fucking tarot cards? And people will be like, uh, anyway, so about my book, uh, I got to <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. I just want to talk about, uh, like, the, I, this is the stuff that I like talking about. Um, so for I, me, I figured you would. I prepared. I had actually, like, I was like, I need to bring this up because these are new things. I, like, wrote my, like, little, uh, like, two sentences to go bring this up to David and bring this up. And, and yeah. I didn't realize that they were tied together. Uh, <laughs> they normally are. Um, yeah. But no, like, so my one event, I don't know if I told you about this, but, like, my one event, I was sitting at this desk that I'm sitting at right now. And uh, my, I had a can of Lacroix. Of so my, this is recent. My, this is very, very, very recent. Yeah. So I had this can of lime Lacroix sitting on the desk across from me, and I was at my computer writing, and the can of Lacroix scooted from one end of the table to the other, right? Hmm. And so I spent the next uh, probably ten, fifteen minutes trying to replicate how it could have possibly done that. So first I checked the table to make sure that like there wasn't a trail of condensation that it would have followed. I was like, all right, let me make sure that like, and that wasn't the case. It was a dry can. I was drinking lukewarm uh, LaCroix, which is gross, but I do it sometimes. And then I started like pressing on different parts of the table to try to like make the can repeat what it had just done. And I couldn't Mm -hmm. make any of it happen. Now, that experience in particular to me does not prove the existence of ghosts right it doesn't say like <laughs> oh there are definitely ghosts out there and a ghost moved my fucking i don't know what the fuck could have happened what a, could... what a petty ghost it's like i'm gonna fuck with this dude exactly. in the stupidest way possible in this it, like i call Cause... it i actually i literally call this my my banal haunting like i call this like yeah. my, my stupid <laughs> dumbass haunting where it's just well, this I... <laughs> thing that happened that i i can't i don't know what it was i don't purport to know what it was but I also, I cannot figure out how this can got from one end of my desk to the other. I can't figure it out, right? But, okay, so, so I re- and I realize you're not looking at it from this perspective, but mm-hmm. how fucking vain are some people's, like, haunting stories? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> like, right. You think, you think this ghost really likes you? Right, right, like, right. They're like, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck with. There's so many good victims out there that you would be the sure. one that magically got the roulette. Like, yeah, no, nah, yeah. come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, and and I people guess, that I do that it, shit, it, it, it's like a recurring thing, though. Like they're always running into that shit. It's like, no, ghosts don't like you that much, dude. You're not right. that cool, right? Like, well, I, I think I think looking at I wouldn't it from hunt a, you. yeah, I think looking at it from a, a point of view of like there being some kind of like deceased being whose spirit decided yeah. to move my Lacroix can is completely ridiculous. So I don't know what the fuck that was. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> that means. But maybe maybe you caused it yourself subconsciously. I do I do think that's possible, and I think you can have that without okay, feeling like good. there's a god. Good, good, good. Okay, so we're getting to the next point here. I was going to bring right. up psi data, right? Which is What's that, that? Uh, oh, uh, st- uh, uh, fuck, <laughs> God damn it! What is the word? T- telepathy. Telepathy. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, doing shit with your mind. Okay, so okay. Um, if you look at the work of Doctor Russell Targ and. Uh, Dean Radin and people like that, they have done so many university studied, uh, university funded studies that have proven to like a billionth of a percentile that some form of telepathy is real. And it's a very small, very basic claim, right? Hmm. But people just shut this Wait, out. Telepathy or telekinesis? 
Telepathy, not telekinesis. Okay, because moving the can would have been telekinesis, right? That, like right. that would have been you're, you're, you're gene, correct, some yeah. some Jean Grey shit. Yeah, I, I was I was jumping around there, but you are correct. Okay. Yeah, that would have been telekinesis. But I'm uh, but telepathy, uh, remote viewing, that kind of thing okay. is for all intents and purposes. If you look at the studies, is a real thing. Um, okay, and people don't really know what to do with that because a lot of it is like really unsexy stuff. Like you're not able to pull a Mel Gibson and find out what women want, right? Like you you can't just go into people's minds and, you know, pull what do you, thoughts out of them. What do, you, what do you think deja vu is, if you don't mind me asking? Because that's, that's something that's been on my mind a little bit lately too. Deja vu is, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about deja vu the other day because I, I experienced it really, really strongly. Um, I do think that it is the... Because I also believe in precognition. I think precognition mm-hmm. is a real thing. And okay. I do think deja vu is a coming to fruition of something that you uh, precognized, even if you can't remember precognizing it. I do so think- related to that, I don't know how much I subscribe to the seeing the future aspect of it. but mm-hmm. And this is, this is something that, um, because it has to make sense that if we're existing right now, we exist all times right now kind right. of thing. That's right. Yep. You know, like the whole, so I'm wondering if it's just kind of like the repeat of the cycle having like an echo effect. Oh, I because like, like, I like when I lot, think, yeah. when I think about dying, I don't think that I'm going to like wait, you know, uh, that I, uh, go anywhere, but mm-hmm. I do think that right now, for instance, this, this, uh, podcast mm-hmm. and, and people listening to it, this happens in forever. Yeah. And we, and we, we both, forever. we both are actually already dead too yeah yeah totally yeah or just being born and 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 i think that for me that there could be overlap because obviously there has to be a network system of some sort for reality to function Mm -hmm. otherwise it wouldn't yeah and so i would i I like the idea of like train tracks where you're kind of just passing the same spots over and over and over Mm -hmm. yep uh um, and and that being kind of like a you get an echo effect rather than going i can perceive the future that hasn't happened i think that and i I think we i think we can perceive the future but the catch is is that we don't realize what the future is trying to tell us and it's also it's so stupid and basic that it doesn't matter anyway i don't know if you saw me talking about this on twitter but um i had a dream right about uh, a guy in a desert pulling a sled and on that sled was this giant Dr. Seuss tower of cocaine going all the way up to the sky, right? <laughs> Did it have a hat on? I wish it had a hat made out of cocaine. Um, so he's, he's pulling it, and he puts the sled down. He looks down in, into the sand, and he sees this uh, oasis of water there, you know, this big bowl of in water. In the desert of cocaine? No, in, in, in a desert of sand. He's pulling a sled oh. that has a tower of cocaine. Right. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I thought saying? he was like on the cocaine tower or whatever. Like the, the, no, the, no, no, no. Like, he's he's, he's okay. pulling this thing, big tower of cocaine. Anyway, the dunes of cocaine. Like David <laughs> Osborne and and Brian you should, you and should, Brian Herbert. You should write. You should write that shit. But uh, so I, I, dune, I, dune with cocaine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the coke worms are coming, and they're like just this worm coming out. Just you want to do another line. You know, it's like, <laughs> let me tell you about my startup. <laughs> oh, shit. I would, uh, I would, I would read that. 
It would be good. So I wake up, I wake up and I write that down and I, I do a little bit of, I go about my day and then I go to take Kahlua for a walk and I walk past uh, the house of the neighborhood Coke dealer. At least I think it's a Coke dealer. Could be meth, could be some other drug, whatever, sure. but it's definitely a drug house. Um, and out in front of their house, on the bed of a truck, they have one of those really tall rock climbing towers that's just oh, wow. on the bed of a truck. It's this tower. What? So it's not a tower of cocaine. It is a tower on a sled, quote unquote, a truck, in front of a house that I believe to sell cocaine. So I keep walking with Kahlua, and as I round the corner, there's not a bowl of water there, but there is a Circle K cup full of water sitting right there. So that's my other thing where it's like, I can't explain that, and it's too stupid to be of any value whatsoever. I'm like, I'm not Minority Report. I'm not going to be like, stopping any murders from happening from doing it's literally the dumbest precognition you could possibly have but it's so creepily close to what happened that exact same day that i believe there's some kind like it's like reverse deja vu in a way like that's like getting deja vu before you get it in a sense does that make sense sure yeah i I, yeah i'm hmm to so uh, one of my other theories about deja vu, and this is the more mundane theory, is mm-hmm. that the pattern recognition thing in our brains, mm-hmm. our lives are so fucking repetitive and dull that it just consistently is like, hey, I, I know that. Right. I've seen right. that. And it like dreams about it because we see that shit all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And, 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 <laughs> and what's probably, what's, so in, in my brain, I'm like, yeah, it'd be cool if we had like the, rec- the constantly recurring time. But like the other part of my brain is like, no, that's too vain. I feel like it's probably just like. Right. Well, remember also, though, dude, va- vanity is a very human concept. And yep. the, the, the universe might also be vain. Like, yeah, yeah. Know. Like pe- people get like so afraid of dying. You know what animals do when they're going to die? They don't get afraid. They just kind of like go, that's a good spot to do it. Yep. Right. And that's another thing. Van, the idea of, of self is like a territory. Dude, progressiveness would be like, I'm just going to die Like eventually. like When it's time, I'll just be cool with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and the fear of dying is a very conservative thing. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, li- I don't think there's any reason to be afraid of dying. I really don't. No, I, I don't either. I think it's totally like, cool. whatever. Like, I'd be cool if I... I mean, it would suck if I woke up and hell, and hell was real. <laughs> like, I think oh, about shit. that sometimes. I think I feel like if I died and then I woke up and hell was real, I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? <laughs> and, that that fucking seems... night, <laughs> and that night from Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade is like, you chose most unwisely. You chose, you chose poorly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I would just be like, this seems like the most... Who was the comedian who had that bit? There was a comedian who said that too, who was like, this seemed, it seems so fake. It just, it didn't seem real. And, you know, and the devil's like, yeah, I know, that was the trick. You were supposed to believe the whole time. <laughs> Maybe that was George Carlin. I don't know. Sounds like it might be a Carlin bit. but Probably, uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we've... I think we've uh, there's, there's egg on my face. <laughs> and it's frying because you're in hell, buddy. Oh, man. I hate being in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. We didn't even talk about books. You want to talk about books? We can talk about books. I mean, I, I don't know if you got like a like a curfew. I mean, I'm good. I'll probably smoke again, right. but I'm cool to All talk right. about books if you. Yeah, I can't let, let's, smoke. 
Can you like use some of your pyrokinesis over here? Like, yeah, I like will. Your... I will. I'll use Dude, that'd my. Be so sick. I'll use my magical dream powers to move your Lacroix, under which you will find a lighter made out of uh, bone. And... Do you know how? Do you know if the one thing that like that one supernatural thing that like upended all of it was just me finding out I'm telekinetic or pyrokinetic or some shit? You know how yeah. bad I would be. Oh sure. <laughs> do you yeah, know how criminal? Yeah. I would be like so fucking criminal, dude. There would, I, oh man. It would be like yeah. we'd, we'd be watching, uh, you know, Trump give a speech, and he would like he would just fold in on himself, like. Oh no, I would be beyond that. I'd be going into like some Doctor Manhattan shit. Like mm-hmm. I just, I would just like have everything I want, and then get bored and then want more. Like your politics, your, your banal politics, <laughs> it wouldn't matter to me anymore. You are like ends. All right, I'll be right back. Yeah, all right, man. Do you, do you do you hawk phlegm yet? Are you old enough to hawk phlegm? Uh, no, no, I don't hawk phlegm, thankfully. Although I do I, sometimes. I did cough the other day, and there was some phlegm there, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I've, I've 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 uh, I do sometimes. <laughs> All right, so books. What do you want to talk about with books? Oh man, um, <laughs> why did my accent change? I'm like, oh man. We'll oh, talk man, about books. No, oh, man. not books. Oh, oh shit. Right. Oh, hell. Oh, hell, oh, hell no. Books. Hell, hell no. Um, hmm. So you've got a new one, right? I'm like I interviewing do. you now. I do. So, yeah. so you've got a new one, right? It's like uh, a Storm of Swords or some shit. Yeah. You're like writing about yeah. like... Uh... I actually, I wrote the new Game of Thrones book. A... <laughs> Winter Dunn came, bro. Winter Dunn came. Oh, the winter. Dude, when they realized that like it's... It's literally like the Night King just wants to money shot Jon Snow and then yeah. leave. <laughs> He's just... That's going to fuck everybody up. <laughs> He's just going to be like, winter's coming. And now it's, it's come. And uh... I, hey, man, I'll call you tomorrow. Um... And then John's like, I didn't even get your number. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll text you. Yeah, it's cool. No, it's no, it's good. It's okay. That's all right. Yeah. Don't and he goes back okay. over the back over the ruins of the wall and doesn't come back for another thousand years. And, and John just feels shows, used. Just shows all of his friends like video of it on his cell phone. Like, look, and all the zombies are like, oh shit, right in the eye. Um, but he ha- but he has like a cracked like iPhone five or something like that. That's like half ice. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. But yeah, no. Um, <laughs> So you write, have to edit out like two hours of laughing. Writing is a thing that is mm. done in this world. I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm beginning to think it's all it's all kind of. I think this whole thing. I was talking to Lucas Mangum about it, and uh, mm. we decided that the whole thing was dumb. What writing? Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Um, not that <laughs> just like because it is. Not that dumb is a bad thing. Just that it's kind of. <sighs> We're pulling things out of our imaginations and putting those things into words and then telling people oh, that they you, should oh, pay us money. Oh, you just now picked up on how stupid it is? It's stupid, <laughs> man. It's a dumb It's a dumb yeah. thing to do. But, like, I don't know. I don't get people who take it seriously. It's like that Facebook thing that I put up. Where, like, people all of a sudden think that this is some kind of, like, life-changing, world-changing. Th- like, I think the world would be no. less less good if it didn't exist, right? But yeah, yeah. I think that like the act of an individual doing it is fucking dumb. Well, it depends on, on how you're approaching your writing. If you're talking about like what you expect it to mean to other people and taking that seriously, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. 
if you're talking about how seriously you take your your writing and your craft, I guess, like the way the musician just learns to get better and better and and play more and you know play music that they just that feels in a groove to them or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it's not dumb then. I feel like that's totally awesome because it's it's essentially like silent music. It's creating music out of language because it mm-hmm. causes an effect when you read it mm-hmm. that like movies and sounds don't do. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I think, and I, I guess, I don't know. I, I, uh, I've been, I've been thinking a lot about just like how bad most writing is. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, but like, what makes True it that. so bad? I th- is it? I think it's just clunkiness, maybe, or like insecurity. It's that. Just... It's, it's. I think it's expecting it to mean more to other people. Mm. Uh, a lot of writing I read that's really bad is usually when when the writer thinks they're and I was guilty of this for I'm probably still guilty of this uh, um, when the writer thinks that they are themselves uh, like that their ideas are important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know yeah. and, and and going back to the Jim Carrey thing once you get rid of yourself right. and like the writing is awesome when it's just transcribing like kind of reality in a way whether it's you know creating some weird ass like dinosaur uh slash fiction or whatever like denver the last dinosaur and mm-hmm. like um i don't know another famous dinosaur uh oh the land before di- time dinosaur like if they fucked yeah and you <laughs> i don't know where i'm going with this tangent but i just like that image now yeah because i feel like yeah. little when little foot's mom dies if denver showed up rocking and it was like bad boy with a leather jacket playing a guitar <laughs> little foot's life would have been changed <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Or like the uh I don't know, just like the mom and the and the and the dad from from the show Dinosaurs fucking. Oh shit, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Not the baby. Yeah, that, I forget that show exists. Yeah. Yeah. Well it, yeah. it, it was not very good. It was well produced, but it was not very good. What you what you mean is it was excellent. Yeah. You're well, taking you're taking shit too seriously, man. I yeah, yeah. No, but I I, I think <laughs> No, but I, I do think that the worst writing I've seen is literally like it's just my ideas are so important uh-huh. that you have I have to give them to you and and I've been guilty of this in the past. You you came up with me, so you know like how how much effort it took for me to not be like that as much. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's it's that sometimes it's a lack of of. Um, effort put in time put in to like really learn it because mm-hmm. you don't just get good at music you know you have it's a, it's a discipline there's a reason it's called mm-hmm. a discipline mm-hmm. you know because it takes that and most writers aren't disciplined no no not at all especially in indie genre scenes well they want to have written they want to have written a book they yeah, want yeah, to yeah. be an author but they're they not actually skip the actual good. yeah yeah yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I'm beginning to think more and more that I used to compare it to like the NBA, right? And Where I don't know like, that "good's" the right term. I would say they're not developed or 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 there yet. Or skilled or talented. I mean, talent yeah. talent is a thing. We we can't ignore talent. You can become sure. a very uh, competent writer through a lot of practice. But there are people sure. like if we're being real, like there are people who just are born good writers for whatever reason. Sure. Um, and I'm beginning to think more and more that it is kind of like the NBA. It's like, no matter how much I practice, I could go out there and practice every day, eight hours a day. I'm never going to be a very good basketball player. And like, 
some people yeah. are like that with uh with writing and it's just that's like, true i agree are, with that you are not it's not it's not really it is subjective but good writing and bad writing just does exist and i feel but like you can have you... you can have born writers that are just bad because they are they don't have the discipline sure oh you need both of course yeah 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 but i think because like i know what you're... you did you know uh i know i know how hard you worked to get to because i've seen your early dude i got your early shit in my gmail and it's just as bad as my early shit yeah it's bad yeah you know and, and i know how hard you worked to get to where you can tell a story that other people want to actually read mm-hmm. and how and, and and i went through like that too and most people aren't willing to make that leap they want the editor to clean it up mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of writers out there who are only as good as their editor is patient yeah, oh, that's, and, and that's determined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not going to name names because I don't want to do that to anybody. I try to, I try to be a little bit nicer these days um, mm-hmm. now that I'm dissolving myself sure. uh, yeah. a little more. Right. But <laughs> you, don't, you don't believe a fucking word of that. Not really. Not really. No, no. I don't that's either. Okay. But it's a nice idea. I'm, I'm um, not. I'm not going to be doing that anytime either soon. I I, I oscillate between being full on call out douchebag <clears throat> on stuff that I think sucks and uh, just being quiet. Those well, are my I two. Think, I think a lot of speeds. times we're actually un, like we're not saying it, but I think we're calling out the exact same people sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm not saying any more than that. But yeah, like. It, I don't know. Uh, I think it's okay to go between the two because it's. You're, you're, I think faking your progress mm-hmm. is worse than not progressing. Right. I, I guess you know, like it's in, like the insincerity of it. I, I I just don't. I don't know. I don't. I'm not a big fan of that. And I think there's like a lot of cyclical like aspects of this conversation where I feel like we were talking about something earlier where it's like the 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 um champion dudes that are like man like hardcore kind of you have to they don't necessarily believe it but they believe that you have to believe it kind of thing mm-hmm. 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 and I, I think yeah uh, um that that's that's weird to me whereas like somebody who just rejects that I, it's i don't know i mean i i i do know i do know that uh <clears throat> how people feel about writing is subjective but i'm beginning to think that subjectivity uh is um very intrinsic upon people's intelligence and their familiarity mm-hmm. with what they're actually experiencing, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that people who are adequately versed in a sort certain tradition and uh, have also kind of dabbled in it themselves, they get to a point where they can actually get as close to objective as they can about what's good or bad. Even if they can't articulate what that means, they can mm-hmm. get close to it. So what I mean by that is... You'll see people who review things and say things like, I hated this book because the characters did X, Y, Z. And it's like, oh, okay, well, you're dumb. You don't actually get what art is, and you want it to reflect something that you invented in your mind, and that's not what this is. It's a different book, blah, blah, blah. And then other people say like, oh, this is bad writing. It's like, why is it bad writing? It's cool. It's, I didn't understand it. It's like, oh, that's again, because you're fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. You don't understand how to read, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I think that, um, I think sorry. that, uh, <laughs> you don't understand how to read. Like, <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's just, that's just such a harsh burn. It, it, well, it is, but like, but then but wow. if you have, if you have people who are intelligent, who understand what an author is trying to do and who know how to read, 
They can judge a book <clears throat> as near to objectively as possible as to whether it succeeds on its own merits. And I think that mm. when you're reading something really good, it hits all those centers of your brain. You go into a kind of a groove with the writing itself where you're reading it and you're just going like, God damn, fuck, this is really good. And Yeah, uh, but if that was true, I'd be hella rich right now. What do you mean? No, I'm kidding. That was, that was just me. Trying to play myself up. He's making Thanks a for, damn thanks. joke. You out here? You got like you all this, quiet and shit. You think dude. this podcast got, is a fucking joke, dude? You think this? You, you got, you got so quiet. I tried to throw you like a little, like a little fun, and you're just like, it was. That's just, all the time you, we have today <laughs> for the JDO show. <laughs> can, you put some, can you put some crickets in that little like five second silence that followed my joke? I would be so tight if you could just go back and, and just. It's like chirp, chirp, chirp. But no, chirp, I do chirp. I do think that, I mean, and everybody has their own personal experiences that they bring sure. to a work and that they're going to, you know, use it to judge that particular piece of work. But I do, mm -hmm. I do think, I do think that people who are tapped into a certain vibe can pick up when something is vibing and when it's not. Yeah, right? yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's fair. And I think that not a lot of people do that. Because I think you also, I think in order to kind of like pick up on that, you in a way you almost have to be kind of a good writer to be a good reader, yeah. and vice versa. Like people say uh, that say it the other way. It's like, oh, you have to read a lot to be a good writer, but you also kind of have to write a lot to be a good reader. Um, yeah. And I think that uh, yeah, I, I don't, I just, I don't think it's quite as subjective as people would like other people to think. And I think that even if something doesn't blow your your fucking mind. You can recognize something as good, even if it doesn't like vibe with you necessarily. Yeah, I get that. I mean, that's how, um, like I, I, I don't know if it's related, but I feel that way about like Blake Butler. Like mm -hmm. I think he's very good. I just it doesn't it doesn't it just can't click with me. Yeah, but I I, I can see that he's got something there. Mm -hmm. It's just not the thing that I want mm -hmm. near near me. <laughs> mm -hmm. now, and I don't mean that insultingly. Like it just it, it, I, I'm repelled by it. Right, right. But I can tell it's awesome. Yeah. Is that you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, that's 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 a growth thing though too. Because when I used to be confronted with it's not for me, I would imme immediately think it was bad, and that that's not true. I just if, don't. Uh, I don't think that's accurate anymore. If Blake Butler was a porn star, he would be Spank Nutler. Okay. That's, that's tight. Crickets again. I'm, I'm just, I, was, I, was, <laughs> I was letting there be a pause there. For, I, I, tried, for I tried to give you like a sympathy laugh, but it just like, it died halfway out. Yeah. I was, I was trying real hard too. I thought about that yeah. for a real long nah, time. It was, that was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Was, not my not, finest moment, but that's okay. I mean, it was, that's, that's what's really sad. It is. My, my life is a <laughs> fucking joke, dude. Um, <laughs> Oh man, do you? Hey, dude, this this occurred to me. Uh, hey, dude, um, do you think that because Alan Moore is into like all that chaos magic shit? Yeah. Do you think that his writing of Doctor Manhattan is about that like full final form hmm. of prog of progressiveness, hmm. rather than being like a Superman analogy that everybody thinks it is? Do you think it's like because he just like stops care? He doesn't even give a shit at the end. He just kind of does it because he's like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll do this because I know these people. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. 
but he's not really I like that idea a lot but do you know what I'm saying because they're like he's losing his humanity but really Uh he's just giving up his territorial uh you know approach to living or existing I guess right and he's becoming kind of like one with everything right hmm spooky shit dude no, I like that idea a lot. I do, yeah. Because it's I mean, consistent with Alan Moore's belief systems, too. And I, I don't think that he's the type of writer that would um, explain it. I wish I could do an Alan Moore impression right now, but I can't. <laughs> Does he have one of those accents? <laughs> oh, he, damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that was that was a dead on Alan Moore. That that, that, that accent reminds me. There's like a Australian instrument that's kind of like you're hitting this hollow thing, Did and you? it just oh. makes that like yeah, it's like that whoa 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 kind of sound. <laughs> Alan Moore sound like a didgeridoo. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. Got his ass. Got his fucking. Ass. We're, <laughs> we're both gonna like. We're both gonna like wake up tomorrow morning and our dicks are gonna have fallen off or something. Like goddamn. No, it. no. What's happening right now is that he just started crying and he doesn't know why. <laughs> he's like he's 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 in his house gazing into a fire and he sees both of us in front of Mike. Like he's like they're making a podcast about me and I don't and just a single tear and he wipes it away with one of his begauntleted fingers. You know. <laughs> what would be so badass though is if like. I caught him on a bad day and I popped out from behind some bushes wearing like a cape and having like a little wand and I was like, chaos magic bitch and I just disappeared and he and he and then he thought for the rest of the day that he felt bad because of me. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I need to do. I think that's my purpose now. Is to fuck with Alan Moore. Yeah. Just make Alan Moore's life <laughs> hell for the rest of it. Just just in like little ways that don't make any sense. Do you think do you think Grant Morrison does that? He just like <laughs> That is Alan like... Moore's like I I I hold the belief that Alan Moore, or I'm sorry, Grant Morrison's entire career at its base has been to fuck with Alan Moore. I think Probably. Sp- I think spite has kept him going. I think he <laughs> does what he does to everything that he does can be traced back to fucking with Alan Moore. I I mean that I, I would actually love Grant Morrison more if that was true. Mm-hmm. Well, that <laughs> and also narcissism. He's clearly a yeah, narcissist, yeah, yeah. but yeah. Know. Yeah, but he, he you love him. I do, I do. Uh, yeah, I got my I got my Grant Morrison poster on the wall. I know, I know you do. You get your your photo op and your um your uh, I think you gave him a hand job, right? I did. Well, a hand job with my mouth. Wasn't it like the photo op comes with the hand job? Like wasn't it like fifteen dollars or something, and you get both? Was, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was like you get uh, you get a picture and you get three sucks. That's it. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. So it's just like a quick sick. <laughs> we sick. should probably end the podcast. <laughs> it's just I mean, getting I mean, fucking dumber no, and dumber. No, dude, no, dude. There's like an there's like a Grant Morrison fan that's listening. That's like, yeah, tell me more. Yeah, <laughs> all right. And then yeah, what was and he then wearing? What and then what, what was happened? he wearing? Yeah. <laughs> well, and uh... then w- did you come? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm. I, yeah. We gotta this, stop. I'm, this, this I'm went not from, even drunk. This, That's this the went worst from my part. favorite podcast to the dumbest <laughs> podcast I've ever done. <laughs> we, can, we can literally cut out the last half hour. No, it's all staying in, bro. It's all staying uh, in. Shit. Uh,
people can watch the slow dissolution of these two uh well i mean it's literally like midnight here you know and and it's almost one here i'm really yeah exactly so and we're like in our 30s now so it's this is like i've done the equivalent this is my third podcast today too i've been podcasting my ass what the how who did you podcast today I podcasted with... Who is uh, she? <laughs> who, who did I podcast today with? Eddie Rathke. Oh, yeah. This guy named uh, John E. Swan. is an indie guy who runs a record label. Uh, I like that his name rhymes. Yeah, me too. I like that a lot. I'm not mocking that. I just like that. I like when a person's name has like a... Yeah, damn. So you had like a lot of energy to be able to talk the weird like... Uh, reality bending shit with me huh that's, i'm, always, I'm, I'm, imp- I'm, I'm impressed I'm a, I'm a talker dude i'm not even counting uh, the fact that i had an hour-long phone conversation with david james keaton and i also oh geez. went to my buddy damien's to uh to jam for three hours so you jammed are you playing music again uh-huh yeah what it's like riding a bicycle baby right back so on. you're falling down a lot yeah dude Falling, falling down and uh, making a lot of strange noises. It was a lot of fun, though. Oh, I will tell you a super... I have to tell you, to close it off, I have to tell yeah, you, I did it. have one instance where it was pretty tight with Deja Vu, which is why I brought it up and I totally forgot to tell you. Okay. So, uh, about five or six years ago, I think, I had a dream about being lost in Barcelona. And I totally forgot about it. Hmm. And it was daytime, and it was just like... It was it just... I, I had the scenery set. And then the day that I was going to be giving a bookstore talk that I didn't have time to prepare for, um, I had this intense feeling of day. De- Cause sometimes deja vu feels like destiny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like it feels like, like you, you've it, like, it's, it's, it's like an overlap of inevitability or whatever, you know? And, which is, it's, it's funny that that's kind of like your instinctual reaction to it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, so we were walking around, and I think Tiffany lost her bank card, and we ended up walking, and we got lost. Hmm. And we wandered around for like three or four hours, and shit was just like chaotic and crazy uh, stressful, you know? Mm-hmm. And we had to be at this like bookstore to do a presentation and i had not prepared for it at all and it's available for live i think it's like what well, was not available for live streaming because it's already happened but it was like it's on the internet somewhere i don't even know where but uh i i basically ad-libbed an entire fucking presentation based on how horrible a day was and how i i think i had deja vu about it i don't remember if i talked about the deja vu but then i like mm-hmm. brought it into what is so awesome about literature and the part that I take seriously mm-hmm. is that no matter how shitty a time you can have or how awful the natural state of the universe is or whatever, when you can read something that really like grabs you, it like, and it, it can bring people together mm-hmm. that have also been taken by it, you know? And I, and that's like, that was kind of like the gist of my little speech that I gave, but, but that, the, the 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 thing I do take seriously about this stuff, and, and maybe you do too, I don't know, is that when it really clicks, and it clicks for not just you, but me and other people, and it's that thing that you're talking about where uh, 
sometimes sometimes it just there, it, a book just has it a writing a writer just has it mm-hmm. and it can bring people together through all sh- manner of shit circumstance into a very happy uh, zone that they've created. Yeah. That's entirely like, you know, it's just like that idea. You, create, you can create a haven in a bookstore for like two hours yeah. where, where reality doesn't matter around it. And that's, that is reality. And that's kind of tight. And it books, is, books have that ability to, to work like that. So to, it's almost yeah. like it's uh, chaos magic or something. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna start wearing a cape and a wand, and like do have it. a wand all the time. Do it. They'll be like, "You're the worst chaos magician ever." I'd be like, "Yes." It's like your mom. I'm like, "Oh God, he your mommed me." He really is no. the best chaos magician of all time. Well, I think I think the thing that I like about chaos magic though is that I think the rituals aren't necessarily like dogma. Like you you don't need to have the rituals. The rituals are just to get you in the right mindset right like that's isn't that like the part of it yeah it's part of it i mean it's um the way that chaos magic the the best way that i feel like chaos magic was kind of explained um was by a guy named gordon white in a book called the chaos protocols and um he essentially describes it as a probability machine right like like chaos magic is able to shift small probabilities in your favor Mm. if you do it and um so that doesn't mean big things right like you're not going to do chaos magic to all of a sudden become taylor swift you're not going to become neo right 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 and he uses a lot of uh nicholas nassim taleb's books like um anti-fragile and black swan and uh the newest one i think was called skin in the game i didn't like that one very much i didn't think it was that good but um but Nassim Taleb talks a lot about uh probability and those books are packed with the math but also um the kind of allegories and and stories that make it consumable for somebody like me who's a absolute dipshit with math but Mm -hmm. white white sort of builds off of that math as best as I can understand it to posit that um by doing these things you are affecting small probabilities in your favor you know so um you know take from that what you will interesting yeah because i wanted to become neo yeah that ain't happening dog damn (laughs) that's 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 shitty there's a lot of chaos magic podcasts (laughs) though i swear to god dude you listen to them and like their intros have uh, sound bites from the Matrix in the intros, and it's like, oh, Ugh, God, this why? Is so that's such corny. an odd. Au- yeah. like, it'll be like that's, that's... it'll it'll be Lawrence Fishburne being like, once once you go beyond the veil, you will never be able to come back, and it's and Neo's like, oh, you know, that's my Keanu Dude. Reeves impression is, oh, <laughs> uh, whoa, <laughs> um, yeah, no, you, that's what that was what got me going on the 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 road to irreligion was like how corny yeah shit is right <laughs> like i right. was like why are we drinking wine and, and bread and shit like that doesn't what well i mean and it all it all kind of begins to make sense to me especially in the case of my own uh banal hauntings and I like the, banal is like the word of the night it is yeah we've said it like 18 times but it's cool yeah. um but uh 
no, I, uh, to me, all of this stuff is, yeah, I mean, you're not going to re- like make huge changes by doing this, but you absolutely, it, it does work. I will say this also um, as a parting story. I got a little bag full of runes, you know, like little uh, um, druidic, what do you call those things? Runes, right? With like um, the weird little like carvings on them and shit that yep. look like the Broken River logo? Yep, exactly. So, uh, wait, got, is there something to the Broken River logo? Is that an actual thing or is that just something Rivera put together? Um, no, that's a symbol that uh, huh. Eric and I developed um, over, over, I didn't know over beers one night. And we, uh, we actually, I came to him and I was like, I want this kind of thing. And I had about 15 different ideas for what it was. And we just kind of pared it down to that. But so, okay, so just to finish my story real quick, I had this bag of runes, and uh, Rios and I were about to head out to Austin for the Texas Teen Book Festival. And uh, so I shake up the bag of runes, I reach in, grab a handful, throw it on the table, and there's eight of them. Six of them are face down, two of them are face up. And the two runes that are facing up uh, say, you're going to have a, you're about to go on a trip, it'll go well. And then the other one says, but there will be some bad weather right so i put the runes back into the bag and shake it up and already i'm like okay that's a little weird i'm about to go on a trip and it said i was going to go on a trip there's going to be some bad weather and there are forecasts for rain that's interesting um so i shake it up shake it up shake it up put it on the desk i come back a little bit later and uh, rios is like oh hey can i play with your runes and i was like yeah sure of course and so she like shakes it up reaches in picks it up throws it out and uh she throws eight uh, but six are face down, and the two that are facing up are the exact same two runes for uh, that's, that's... a trip and bad weather. Uh, and I did the math on that. That is a point zero one seven seven percent chance of that happening. So not impossible. Unless unless but... you fixed it and you had this, you only had like uh huh. <laughs> they're weighted. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> Right, <laughs> those are the two. They're, they're weighted and double sided. It's, it's like, like somebody's like somebody's like, "Hey, uh, what? Uh, I'm looking about my relationship here. It's like, oh well, you're gonna have a good trip and some bad weather. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's just keep popping like, up. Like, man, what are those? Like, how do I keep rolling snake eyes? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. But on that, that note, is sir, that's a cool story, right? But um, yeah. I I really I gotta let you go. No, 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 it's good. I just I just wanted to like finish up on something that wasn't as disappointing as talking about <laughs> John Snow getting <laughs> Not at on? Yeah, that was a that was no, a weird detour. Yeah, but uh... Yeah, but but it was necessary. <laughs> okay. Cause you wrote it. Uh, yeah, that oh right. That's true. Yeah. That's, All right. Well hey, happened. Michael Kazepis, thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah. I'll talk to you thank soon. Thank you sir. for having me, man. And have a good night. Get some rest from your podcasting ways. <laughs>